Hey everybody, it sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. We live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. How can we stay grounded in our faith, stay true to biblical convictions, and how do we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Welcome! And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. Today on our podcast, it's been placed on my heart to talk about the art of discernment. We'll be talking about what discernment is, why it's so important, why I fear we're in a crisis of lacking it, and how we can make sure to maintain it and use it. This week I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 which say this, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may be able to approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That is a prayer that I believe is just as relevant and just as important today as it was when Paul was inspired by God 2,000 years ago to write it as scripture. I'll never forget a lesson I once got taught about discernment when I attended my sister's piano recital. At the time, I was in college, and my sister was a preteen who was learning how to play piano, and her piano recital was going to be held at her teacher's house. Her piano teacher lived with her parents. She was in her mid-20s. So we all went over, our family, to attend my sister's piano recital. And I remember immediately being awestruck by the house where this was held at. It was held in a huge house. It was almost like a mansion, at least to me. And after my sister's piano recital finished, I caught myself walking around, looking and admiring the different things about the house, the the artwork, the furniture. And suddenly I noticed that the artwork was biblical artwork. It was paintings of stories from the Bible. It was, you know, Bible verses and quotes about different things of scripture. And so I suddenly started to think to myself, oh, wow, I must be in a Christian's home. You know, I'm still kind of a newer, younger Christian. So I'm just kind of naive in my thinking that if I see, you know, paintings of Bible verses, that must automatically mean that they're, that they're believers. So I'm walking around the house and I'm thinking, wow, this is really cool and that's really cool. And so I'm having this in my head. And then during the reception after the piano recital, I was introduced to the piano teacher's mother and started having a conversation. I immediately complimented their home and told her how awesome I thought the paintings were and, you know, the pictures and all that stuff. And so we sat down and we started having a a conversation And I remember, you know, enjoying the conversation because, you know, the mom and I were talking about, you know, just all these things that are happening in the world and the decline of moral values. And we were talking about different things, you know, that are that are wrong with the church. And so, you know, her and I, as we're having this conversation, we're both getting, you know, really animated into it, but, you know, agreeing with each other. And and we were we were both saying amen to each other, you know, over and over. And so. You know, this conversation's continuing to, to uh, you know, be exciting for us. And then all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, 
the mother said something that I'll never forget. And when she said it, I literally thought I misheard her. She said, you know, what I don't understand is how anyone could believe that Jesus is God. And I remember being taken aback by that. Because even as I was a newer Christian, I understood that intrinsically a central tenet of the Christian faith is that Jesus Christ is divine, that he is God who became man. And because he was fully God and fully man, he was able to offer up himself as a sacrifice for our sins. It's 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 impossible to accept uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ without accepting the divinity of Christ. Because you don't have a gospel without that. So as she said that, I remember I had to ask her to repeat herself. I literally asked her, can you can you repeat what you just said? Because I can't possibly believe that she really just said, I can't believe Jesus is God. And she repeated it. And suddenly the Holy Spirit was so good to me because instantly without her saying anything else other than that statement, I knew immediately that I was not in a Christian's home. I was in the home of a Jehovah's Witness. Um, now, you know, it's a whole podcast in and of itself to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. The thing that is abundantly clear is that the ultimate litmus test for any group to be considered part of what I'd consider biblical Christianity, they have to pass the ultimate litmus test, which is the answer to the question of who is Jesus Christ. If he is anyone but whom the Gospels proclaim and declare him to be, the eternal son of the living God. However, what these groups are really good at doing is presenting themselves as though they are Christians. And so were it not for research I had done years earlier about what Jehovah's Witnesses believe and specifically why their beliefs are different from biblical Christianity, I would not have been prepared to be able to defend my faith. And honestly, who knows, I may have been deceived into believing that what Jehovah's Witnesses believed was really not that different from, well, from my faith. So as soon as I realized I was in the home of a Jehovah's Witness, the tone of the conversation immediately changed. And for the next hour, uh, the piano teacher's mother and I had this back and forth. Uh, I'm going to say it was civil because it was civil but intense discussion where she challenged me on a number of fronts about what we as Christians believe. She challenged me about, you know, the divinity of Christ. And, and thankfully, thanks to my research I had done years earlier, I was able to draw from that. And I was able to remember what the talking points of the Jehovah's Witnesses are. And so I was able to, to spar with her, to go back and forth. And to be able to have answers for the objections she raised as to, you know, what the Bible says. And and I was able to ask her questions that books I had read years earlier, you know, uh, encouraged you to ask when you're in a discussion with Jehovah's Witnesses. So we had a very civil conversation to counter her attacks with biblical truth. And... This whole episode stays in my mind years later for two reasons. One, it was a reminder to me 
of how important it is to have discernment because looks can be deceiving. Everything that I saw in that house, everything that came out of the mother's mouth up to that point in our conversation led me to believe and led me to have the impression that I was in a Christian's home. But just when my guard was down and I was comfortable and I was relaxed thinking that I'm I'm you know having the company of a fellow Christian suddenly I was in essence attacked in my faith it stands out to me that stays with me all these years later from this incident is how important it is for for us to be able to have biblical truth to know biblical truth to be able to withstand the challenges the questions and the lies that we are constantly being bombarded with. So I will never forget going to my sister's piano recital. Her piano playing was good, but what I really remember the most from that day was when I got a lesson of what discernment is all about and why it's so absolutely essential to have. Discernment is simply the ability to be able to distinguish truth from falsehood, right from wrong. 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul was writing about the need for Christians to have discernment because of all of the false teachings that were, that were going viral in biblical times before there was social media, and they were spreading rapidly, and people were buying into these falsehoods and these distortions of the gospel of Christ. So Paul repeatedly urges believers about the importance of having discernment and how it will be detrimental to their faith if they lack in discernment. And what should create a sense of urgency for all of us who believe and follow Christ about the importance of discernment is that the Bible tells us that as we get closer to the return of Christ and get further into the last days of history, we will find ourselves living in a society where what is evil is called good, and what is good is called evil. We are told in Scripture to prepare for a time where people will not want to hear the truth, but rather they would be turned aside to myths and only gravitate to people and teachers that will tell them what their ears want to hear. And, quite frankly, what's most frightening of all are the words that Jesus tells us. You know, if there's one thing people are always fascinated with, it's the end of the world, and When's Jesus going to come back? And, you know, what are the signs of, of when he's coming? Well, if you look at scripture and Matthew chapter 24 and, and others, one key characteristic that Jesus repeatedly mentions is deception. He mentions that people will be deceived. And then what's most frightening, concerning, and what I believe should give us all a sense of urgency, is that he warns even the very elect will be deceived. We're told later on in Paul's letters that there'll be a great falling away from biblical truth. And I'm here to tell you, we are now living in those days. And sadly, instead of having an awakening, an urgency, and a concern for discernment, I fear that we are losing the art of discernment. And there are many ways in which we can see that on display. We live in what people call the information age, but I would rather term it 
the misinformation age. And we've really seen that most in the past year. As we've dealt with a pandemic, as we've dealt with all kinds of different crises that have happened in our country and society, a very polarizing presidential election. As a society, we no longer have a shared uh, objective truth that unites all of us. Long gone are the days of Walter Cronkite or of any media source that's uh, trusted as being unbiased and is strictly giving us facts for us to be able to interpret. No, unfortunately, we live in a misinformation age of biases, of misinformation, and of falsehood. And we really saw the climax of that in this past year with the amount of conspiracy theories, of the amount of, of falsehoods and misinformations and false prophecies, many of which were believed in sincerely and shared by fellow evangelical Christians. And what I don't think many of us realize is that there has been enormous damage done to the authenticity of our witness and, in the eyes of many, our message because of buying into these falsehoods. I was struck by and kind of kicked in the gut when I saw a quote on someone's Facebook page that is not a Christian who quoted Matthew Paul Turner who said, quote, I remember a time when evangelical conservatives raged prophetically about a future when truth would no longer matter in our country. What they didn't tell us was the part about how they'd fulfill their own prophecy. Ouch! That hurt. <laughs> and that was a kind of gut-wrenching moment for me, a moment of reflection for myself, to assess myself and to make sure that I am being discerning about the information that I believe in and that I am passing off on as gospel truth to others. Particularly when, even though we all have strong opinions and we all have strong beliefs and, and we all have our own perspective on what's been going on with this pandemic and with what's going on in our politics and our country, and I certainly don't believe there's anything wrong with that, what we have to remember as Christians is that first and foremost, we represent Jesus Christ and we represent his message and we want the world to take our message seriously. We want the world to know the truth, the truth of the gospel. And if we are not careful, we can sacrifice that witness when we buy into falsehoods. My wife and I recently saw a documentary that was really eye-opening about how the social media world has opened a whole new Pandora's box with misinformation. The documentary called The Social Dilemma was really powerful and impactful, and it talked about how social media um, has a lot of dangers to it. It has a lot of dangerous effects to it, and social media can be a good thing. It can be a great tool, but it can also be dangerous, and one of the things they talked about in there was how easily false information and misinformation spreads on social media. And this was a direct quote from one of the creators of social media. He said, false or fake news spreads six times faster than real news. Now that, I think, is very eye-opening. 
And I think we've seen that on full display. Now, I know there's a whole debate again about what social media tech giants are doing to crack down on what they call, you know, false information. And I think that's a whole nother, whole nother topic, a whole nother conversation, a whole nother podcast. But what I do believe is that as believers in Christ, we are called to have discernment and we are called to be known as speakers, hearers, and believers of truth. And I believe that's something we do not want to give up. We see that we're losing discernment when it comes to to the various things that professing evangelical Christians believe. Believe about God. Believe about salvation. Believe about morality. If you look at different studies and you look at different polls, when it comes to simple basic questions about theology and morality, whether it's how to get to heaven or what does the Bible say about this or what do you believe about you know, these tough controversial subjects, most professing Christians' answers oftentimes contradict what the Bible actually says and teaches. So it's very clear that we are in a crisis with discernment, and we must have an awakening to the urgency of praying for deep discernment, for practicing discernment, and for keeping discernment. And I believe there's three ways we can do that. First, we need to learn how important it is to test everything. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, hold on to what is good and test everything. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says to test every spirit to see whether or not it's from God. We need to be the ones who are testing what we have been told what we have been uh, sold, what we have been uh, sent as a Facebook attachment. We need to be testing, fact-checking, and prayerfully seeking God as to whether or not what we are, are being presented is actually true and whether it lines up with Scripture. It's important for us to be praying. You know, prayer is, I believe, how we are in sync with God's Spirit and being able to have discernment. It's like having your spiritual radar up so that you're able to detect when you've been told something that's not true. I'm going to be telling you guys right now, when I was, you know, I think a senior or freshman in college, a senior in high school or a freshman in college, when that incident happened with my sister's piano recital and that Jehovah's Witness, the Holy Spirit, who ultimately told me in that moment, She never said she was a Jehovah's Witness. There are other groups that don't believe Jesus is God. How was I able to know in that moment without yet being told uh, by that mother that she was a Jehovah's Witness? How was I able to know that? I believe that being prayerful and being in sync with God's Spirit is a huge part of how we keep our spiritual radar up and how we're able to detect when we are being lied to. And then there's the ultimate example of the Bereans, the group of Christians that the Bible talks about in Acts chapter 17, who were always fact checkers when it came to what they were being taught and what was being presented to them as biblical truth. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17 that they would check the scriptures for themselves to see if what Paul told them was true. Man, if Christians could do that, if we could make sure 
And I always tell, you know, my congregation this when I'm preaching. If you see that I am telling you something, preaching you something that's from God's word, that's not accurate, that's not true to the context, that's not true, you know, uh, in, in, and is not in line with God's word, then I want you to let me know. You know, you have to have that kind of attitude. That kind of mindset is so absolutely important. We need to be in God's word for ourselves. That is how we're going to be able to know whether what we are being told from our favorite preacher or teacher, from our local pastor, from from a news outlet or from an attached file that's sent to us, we'll be able to know what is true and what is not. When we are seeking God, when we are when we are coming at everything that's presented to us with a spirit of let's test this, let's see if this fits, let's discern whether or not this is true or whether or not this is false. Does this go in line with scripture or does it contradict God's word? Does it twist God's word? It's time for us as believers because the reality is that truth will be increasingly under attack in the coming months and years. And it is imperative for all of us that know and follow Jesus Christ to recommit ourselves to having the art of discernment. Because God has called us to know the truth, to love the truth, to speak the truth, and to defend the truth. With this encouragement to you, which I will always close every podcast with, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. Stand firm in your faith and let all that you do be done in love. God bless you.